So once I was on a uh, remodeling project with some people, and we, it was kind of a ministry project. It wasn't kind of a ministry project. It was a ministry project. And we were doing some remodeling in this place, and one of the guys who went along with us, I thought, knew what he was doing. He had worked with contractors. He talked the talk, and so I took him into a hall, said, we're going to hang a ceiling here. We need some uh, two-by-fours strung across there, and you get that ready, we'll come in and we'll put up some sheetrock. And I went away and started working on some other part of the project. And after a while, I walked back <laughs> and took a look at what he had done. <laughs> and you know those things you say, oh, anybody can do that? It's not true. These things, not only were they not, you know, they're supposed to be the right distance away because sheetrock comes in sizes, you know, four by eight. And even if you cut it, you're going to have that four foot chunk is, is what you want, or eight-foot chunk, depending on which way you're, you're putting it up. And, and it's got a, the two-by-fours are supposed to end on that. Well, not only was that not true, these guys weren't straight. And then when I say they weren't straight, I don't mean they weren't straight like if you looked and you said, I don't think that's straight. It was cattywampus. There was one that was just, it was, it was a 45-degree angle on that. And, and I looked at that, and I thought, ministry, bite your tongue. <laughs> but, but you can't leave that. You can't leave that. It's, it's wrong. <laughs> Sorry, you know, sometimes things are wrong, and you can't leave that, okay? Why am I telling about this? Because I'm talking about prayer today and your prayer life. <laughs> this, this title, this sermon, I titled it Meaningful Prayer because I really didn't want to call it Meaningless Prayer. But, but read, look at what it says. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition <laughs> as the Gentiles do. For they suppose they will be heard for their many words. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. And Jesus is telling them this to correct something, right? There is something they are doing that needs correction. They have learned to pray, and in the way they have learned to pray, uh, it, there are parts of it at least that are maybe meaningless. And that may be true for us too. Sometimes you have to go back to square one. I think that's what's going on here. And, and, and as I go through this passage, we're just doing the two verses to introduce the Lord's Prayer. You know, last week we did fasting, and now we're going back because Jesus spent a lot of extra time on prayer. I didn't want to lose the pattern, but I want to emphasize what he emphasized. We'll spend a lot of time on this passage. Uh, we'll dissect the Lord's Prayer a little bit at a time, and then we'll get directed, misdirected again on this whole... For, not misdirected redirected again on this whole forgiveness thing because he puts a ton of emphasis on that before we move on to the rest of, of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, but today we're looking at this introduction to prayer and Jesus starts out by, by, take, by trying to knock out the, the meaningless prayer that is going on. And so that's what we're looking at today. Uh, Jesus calls it meaningless. In verse 9, he starts teaching about meaningful prayer, but first he has to clean up the mess of meaningless prayer that gets in the way, and that's what today's message is actually about. We will look at meaningless repetition and what God actually wants from us, and what God actually wants from us is really complex. I hope you're ready for this. You might have to write notes. Just ask, <laughs> right? That's, and we'll see this, I think. I th hopefully you'll agree with me when we're done. But let's start verse 7. Okay, I'll read that again. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose they will be heard for their many words. Okay, so, so uh, um, I want to 
first kind of introduce or talk a little bit more about this difference between Jesus' teaching on prayer and fasting, I mean, his, on giving and fasting, and his teaching on prayer. In, in, in all three of them, he has this pattern, right, of, of uh, um, uh, don't make a scene, keep it private, you'll be rewarded by God. That's the pattern we find in all three of them. But in prayer, he goes off on this other subject. And, and it's like, why does he feel the need to do that? And it's like, I, I feel like I can almost hear some frustration or exasperation in, in this. Because he, he follows the pattern at first. When you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by the men, truly I, by other men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full, but you, when you pray, go into your inner room, uh, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now that's a complete statement. That's, that's how far he went talking about giving. Giving. That's how far he goes talking about fasting. But when he gets to prayer, he says that, and then he says, "And when you pray, <laughs> I mean, you just, I can just, I, I see this and I hear it, and it's, it's said like, you know, there's a sigh in there because guys, you know, when you do this, here's what you're doing: you're babbling." You're repeating phrases, the same mindless, useless phrases. Oh, I mean, I, he doesn't say all that. I'm reading between the words. But, but why does he have all three, same pattern, but prayer, he's, he, he goes off on this big tangent on. I, I, that's what I see. And when you pray, guys, don't do this, right? Am I inflection right or am I just, you know, I don't know. It, 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 but that's what it sounds like to me. It would be because he's no longer telling them not to do what the Pharisees are doing. Now he's telling them not to do what they're doing, right? And the other one, he's saying, don't be like them. Don't be like them. Now he's saying, don't be like you either, right? He says, stop it. Change what you're doing. And so before teaching them how to pray well, he says, stop praying badly. That's what I want you to fix up first. So he talks about repetition. Now, I have a, a special, you know, fingernails on the chalkboard kind of response to this because of growing up in the Catholic Church. Right? Eight years of Catholic grade school. Every day we walked across the parking lot from the Catholic grade school to the Catholic church. And we had mass. Right? And, and, uh, we were taught to pray the, our father, the, the, the Hail Mary, uh, the, the, I have it written down here somewhere. Active contrition, the active contrition, okay, and and uh, those three especially. And today, if I try to say the Our Father, you know, we're not a lot of churches say the Our Father regularly during church every Sunday. I don't have a problem with that if they do that, uh, so long as it doesn't become mindless repetition, right? And for me, it was believe me, the Our Father was mindless repetition. It was just saying it because I was supposed to say it, and I can't say it now. Because I've learned it in too many different versions, and it's, it's like it's sabotage. I can't do that. But I could whip out the Hail Mary right now. There's only one version of the Hail Mary. <laughs> I can't do the act of contrition. I never did learn it. But, but mindless repetition, right? Uh, I, I, I remember these things. We said these prayers regularly. The Our Father and the Hail Mary were punishments. 
right? You would go in, you would go into the box, you know, that box where the priest sits there and he pulls the little thing over and you say, Father, forgive me for I have sinned. You say, you confess, you know, I beat up my brother or my, I tried to beat up my brother. Or I kicked my sister. I stole some candy. I did whatever I did. Called people names. Go out and say three Hail Marys and 12 Our Fathers. And I went out and you say three Hail Marys and 12 Our Fathers. They were your punishment. We called it penance. Penance is worse than punishment. Punishment, you're simply being punished for what you did. Penance, you're atoning for what you did. Right? You are paying the price and making it okay. That, that's what you did. I had to look this up because as Catholics, you're supposed to pray the rosary. And by the way, this is not a sermon against Catholics. It just sounds like it. <laughs> uh, I, I had to look up the prayers of the rosary. You know, you have the beads. I remember walking by. My granny Webb lived two houses away from us. There was a house in between, and then there was her house. And I'd, I'd walk by in the summer evenings especially. She'd be out on the porch, sitting in the chair, reading or praying through the rosary. And you'd just see her working those beads, you know, going around. And, and, uh, and she would do that. And she was very faithful uh, about, about praying the rosary. And, and the rosary is, is a, there's a lot to that. There, there is, uh, there's, there's, there's three main beads, and then there's division, five sets of ten beads, okay? Um, and... Uh, and they're separated by three main beads each time. So, so the rosary goes, uh, you start with the Apostles' Creed, the Our Father, then three Hail Marys. Then you pray something called the Glory Be, then five, they call them five decades. So that would be five sets of the Our Father, the Hail Marys, the Our Father, the Hail Mary, ten Hail Marys. The Our Father, ten Hail Marys. The Our Father, ten Hail Marys. And there's five of those sets, five decades. And then you prayed something called the Glory Be, which is a lot like the doxology. And then you prayed something called Hail Holy Queen. Estimated time to do this, 20 minutes. A good faithful Catholic will sit there and pray the rosary three times through. That's what my granny Webb would do. Okay, repeated prayers. And dare I add, meaningless it's like, I'm not saying that they can't be meaningful. I remember, I remember being shocked the one time the Our Father was meaningful to me. And I still remember because it was the one time. And it was at my wedding. And, and, and I'm getting married, and I'm not thinking about what I'm praying, but we're, we're, it was in the, in the wedding, we prayed the Our Father, and halfway through it, I thought, this is deep. This is speaking to me. <laughs> it was like, I want to, say, I want to interrupt. <laughs> Don't interrupt your own wedding to say, wow, that prayer is really cool. You know, <laughs> but, but it, it spoke to me. Uh, and and uh, I, I will confess to you, though, you know, even though I was raised Catholic, I was a bad Catholic. And I never said a rosary I wasn't forced to. But, uh, um, you know, that's, that's the way it was. And while it's easy for me to look at this and see what's wrong with that, Jesus didn't say this so that we could t attack the way other people pray. <laughs> because that is, that is an extreme example, and it's a really good thing to avoid. It's the organized religious pursuit of ritual prayers. That is not what God wants from us. He does not want ritual prayers. But we a ritual is anything you do habitually. It's otherwise known as a rut, right? Because uh, we get into ruts with what we do. Uh, it was not written about Catholicism. It was written about me. And, and as I say this, uh, you know, I'll come back to that. The Catholic Church wasn't invented yet at this time, but repeated mindless prayers were, right? Certain words. It's embarrassing to look at our own prayers and see how repetitive they are. Uh, certain words, especially Lord and Father. And what's really bad is to, during the week, prepare a sermon on this, and then to come in on Sunday morning in Sunday school, take some prayer requests and start praying. 
And at the end, I asked, did anybody, by the way, count how many times I said Lord or Father? Oh, I was supposed to bring a directory up here. Yes, please, because I need it desperately. (laughs) I'm going to pick one of you at random. (laughs) Uh, But imagine, I mean, Dear Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, that you hear my prayers. And Father, I just want to ask you for your blessing on uh, this day. Lord, you know how many... Can you imagine doing that in a conversation? It's like, do you do any of, any of that in any conversation? And so, thank you, Vanna. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, here we go. We're trying to... Is Jessica here? No, Robert, you have to do. So, no, I can't do that. That's not right. Pick another page. Charlie and Betty. Okay, this isn't working as well as it was supposed to. <laughs> Coca-Cola. <laughs> Mike Bell. Where? Okay. So much for random. Sparky. Hi, Sparky. I just wanted to talk to you, Sparky, and see if I could borrow. Well, I'm not going to borrow a hammer from you. So, Wyatt, you're behind her. (laughs) Hi, Wyatt. I just wanted to talk to you, Wyatt, and see if I could borrow a hammer, Wyatt. You've got the best hammers, Wyatt. And Wyatt, if I could borrow a hammer of yours, Wyatt, I'd really be grateful, Wyatt. (laughs) Who does that? Right? We don't do, but we do it when we pray. And what, we're proving how mindless our own prayers are. Because God, is it's not like God is like anyone else we talk to, but God is like anyone else we talk to. He wants us to talk to him. Can I say like a real person? Is that blasphemous to say or is that okay? Right? He wants us to talk to him like a real person, as if he's really there and we're really talking to him. And 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 so so doing this and then going into Sunday school and I do the prayers and I and every t- I shouldn't say every time I kept hearing it in my own words. And, and then you get self conscious and you start trying not to do it. And then you're praying weird too. You know, it's like how do you get out of this? Uh, but then there's certain phrases too. For instance. Joan and I have devotions every morning. We do this. We're doing the one-year Bible again. Uh, and, and we always pray. There's certain things we pray for. For instance, on Sunday, we pray for something we don't normally pray for. We pray for the Sunday school classes and the worship service. Okay? Uh, but every day we pray for our kids and grandkids, right? Well, it's really hard to pray for something every day and not have the same words come out. Uh, and, and the problem is, as you say the same words, they start to become ritual words, and they start to become meaningless words. But then you say, oh, no, I've got to be creative, and so you start trying to be creative, and that doesn't work either. Either way, you know, it's, it's, it's like a trap. It's easy, to see, it's easy to see how we get into this once you realize that. It's easy to see how you get into this pattern of praying the same things at the same time. It's not what God wants us to do. At the same time, I'm pretty sure God wants me to pray for my kids every day, right? Uh, but it's, it can be difficult not to pray these traps, right? How many ways can you pray for the building project? Dear Lord, please bless the building project. Help the guy not to hit his thumb with a nail to, or the, his nail with a hammer today, you know, that kind of thing. It's, it, it, it's, it's, it can be difficult. It happens naturally. The problem is we, 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 as we repeat them, they can become words of habit. And what God wants is words from the heart. He doesn't want words of habit. He wants us to tell him what actually is of interest to us, what actually matters to us, and and, and we want to avoid that. And then he says, right, he says, first he says, when you 
are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. And then we can start getting wrapped into time constraints, right? Uh, I, I can't pray too long. I can't pray too short. Uh, is a longer prayer a holier prayer? I see people doing this, but I want to say, but, but if I pray too short, right? If you ask me to pray for, for something and I go, dear Lord, please bless that and walk away. You know, you go, oh, we're paying him too much. <laughs> uh, we can get trapped into that. And evening, our evening of prayer lasts one hour, right? Tomorrow night, if you come to the evening prayer, it starts at seven. At eight o'clock, I turn off the projector. I turn off the sound. You want to stay and pray, you can, but pretty much everybody gets up and goes home. It's been an hour, we go home. It's one hour, one hour prayer, right? Uh, the rosary takes 20 minutes. You just know that is what it takes. It is, it is good to take significant time in prayer, but it's not the time that matters. It's the prayer that matters, right? That's, these, these aren't, this isn't rocket science stuff. You want rocket science, find someone with a bigger brain. You know, it's, it's, it's not going to work for me. Uh, you just, do what it takes to get it across. Uh, when you ask, when I ask Wyatt for the hammer, ask, after I ask him for the hammer, I stop asking, right? I'll say, hey, Wyatt, could you let me a hammer? I could really use a hammer. Wyatt, could you give me that hammer? Wyatt, oh, you just got the best hammers, Wyatt. Oh, Wyatt, please let me that. Wyatt, at some point, is going to use that hammer, you know? <laughs> yeah. Greatest advice in the world is when you're done, stop. Right? More words do not make for better prayer. Now, more heartfelt words will. And sometimes you just feel the need to continue pouring out your heart to God. And you say, you know, uh, if I'm driving to the hospital to visit somebody who's got a serious issue, I don't pray, dear Lord, please bless Wyatt, <laughs> who got hit with a hammer. <laughs> uh, she claims. But, <laughs> but I pray more. I, and I'll ask God, tell me how to pray. And, you know, there's, and then there's those times, of course, where you, you know what it feels like when you can't find the words to pray. And, and you can't stop because it's too important. You say, dear God, you know, please just take over and take care of this. But you can't stop because it's too important. Those things happen. So in, in those cases, it, it may make a difference. But, but words that just fill, the, fill time are a waste of time. By definition, all they're doing is filling time. And then he goes to meaningless, uh, that word meaningless. Because the same words can be either full of meaning or void of meaning. Same words. If you pray, right, do not raise your hand if you've been guilty of this. But if you have prayed and then wondered what you just prayed, <laughs> that probably was meaningless, right? You spent time in prayer. Hopefully you get some credit for it somehow on God's great ledger in the sky. But if you can't remember it, chances are it was meaningless. Because if it was meaningful, you'd remember it. You may not remember the exact words, but you know what you prayed for. If you pray and it didn't mean anything to you, it probably didn't mean anything to God either right? Because it's just words. So whether the words are meaningless or not is determined by the heart of the person doing the praying, right? This is not rocket science. You go, okay, you, so you've just shredded my prayer life. What now? Verse 8. So do not be like them, those stinking Gentiles, right? Uh, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. And, and, and that is 
a phrase that if you, when you first look at that, you go, I don't get it. <laughs> Why is he saying that here, right? Uh, it, it sounds like he's saying, so don't ask at all. Is that what he's saying? Uh, and I, he, I think it's a, a standalone statement that is easily understood. Uh, it's what we, where we find it that makes it confusing because between a warning about meaningless prayer and before a prayer that we pray in a repeatedly meaningless way, <laughs> which is just kind of ironic that we take Jesus' prayer that he says, don't repeat this in a meaningless way, or don't repeat meaningless prayer, and then we take that very prayer and turn it into a meaningless prayer. It's not a prayer we're to pray. It is a model of prayer. Okay, and which doesn't mean it's wrong to pray, but recognize he is giving us an example of what meaningful prayer is like. And as we go through it over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking, trying to see the meaning in it and, and do that, not just the words. But, but it's confusing where, about where it is, but it's not here by accident, right? God did not stumble or stutter or slip. It's here because it makes sense for it to be here. So it's a question of, why use all those meaningless words in the first place, right? When someone comes in and they, they sit down, for instance, uh, you're going to, to pray for, uh, you're going to, to have a prayer meeting for something. Everybody comes in and they, they do their prayers and, and kind of thing, and they're, and they're not full of meaning, but, and, and you say lots of words, lots of those holy words, right? Lots of those sacred words that we only use in prayer or in church, but we don't use in the rest of our lives anywhere. And we use lots of things like that. Uh, why are we doing that? It's like we're trying to get God's attention. It's like we're trying to, we're trying to say the incantation that makes our prayers acceptable to him. Right? Uh, because that's, that's what we're doing there. We're, we're repeating, especially when we repeat the, the, the same prayer repeatedly like that. It, it's trying to earn something. It's trying, trying to gain his favor. Right? It, it doesn't work. Is, is he going to be more inclined to answer our prayer because we used more holy words? Because we used more, uh, I don't know what words I want to use to describe the words. Do they gain favor with God? Do you have to butter him up to please him properly before you actually get to the request that you want to make? Is that what goes on? He's your father. He's your father. He already knows what he wants. He just wants you to ask. right? He knows what it is you're going to ask him, but still he wants you to ask. It's that complicated. He tells us not to pray like the Gentiles do. Uh, for the Jew, Gentiles were everybody else. Right? For us, I'm going to redefine Gentiles and say it's everybody else. <laughs> Gentiles, uh, I'm going to call, you know, take it the church and everyone else, right? Uh, in a very practical and, a, and correct way, I think we could understand Gentiles, everybody who doesn't have Jesus, right? For everybody who doesn't have Jesus, they've got to do something to get God's attention to get him to answer. But if you are God's, then he is your father. And as a father, you want to give your children what they need. Now, not necessarily what they want, but you do. You want to give them what they need. You do not want your children running around naked, right? You buy them clothing because you love them. You do not want your children to starve. You give them food because you love them, right? And, and uh, somewhere in, in the the Sermon on the Mount, we're going to get, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you, right? He wants to give us what we need, not necessarily what we want. Uh, I remember uh, someone someone I knew prayed for a pickup, and God gave him the pickup. 
Not only did he give him the pickup, but the guy prayed for a color, and he, it was that color. And I mean gave it to him. <laughs> and I'm going, I can't argue that it happened, but I can't do it. <laughs> you know, it's like I can't, I can't see that. It just feels wrong to me to ask for a pickup of a particular color. You know, it's, it's just you know, there's a point goes beyond need. But this guy, it worked for, and it's like, who's going to argue with what works? <laughs> I need to learn, I guess. But uh, God knows what you want. I think in a very, uh, I think even if their gods were real. You know, even if the gods of these other peoples, non-Christians and their gods, were real, uh, they still are distant and either angry or uncaring. And that is the dilemma that, that the people of all other religions face, is that they don't have a God who loves them and wants to bless them. So it makes sense that they would have to go through the proper rituals. Right? They would, they would have to go through the proper ceremonies or steps or whatever to get their God's attention. They're gods that are not gods, but even in their imagination, they're not good gods. Even Allah is not a loving God. The, the Hindus don't have loving gods. The, the, uh, you know, the animists don't have loving gods. They have fearful, evil spirits that they have to appease all the time. Uh, if their gods were real, they're either angry or uncaring, and they don't have any reason to answer the people's prayers. Because they don't love them and they don't care about them. They're, they're, they, they don't, you have to do something to make it right. So he says, don't pray like the Gentiles. Don't pray like the Muslims. Don't pray like the, the Hindus. Don't pray like, like the animists uh, who are in fear of the spirits, who try to pray in such a way that they gain favor so that they might get an answer to the prayer. You have to do whatever ritual or format or whatever. You know the story of, of Elijah and the prophets of Baal? If you don't, First uh, Kings chapter 17, 18, uh, go read it. It's a ton of fun. But, but the prophets of Baal, Elijah gets them up there, right? And he says, okay, you guys, you guys get to go first, build your altar, and, and call on, on Baal and see if he can do it. And these guys uh, are, are praying, they're doing their stuff to Baal, and he starts making fun of them, right? I just, Elijah is so much fun. He's like my hero. But, uh, uh, and Elijah says, maybe he's busy, maybe he's gone, maybe he's in the bathroom, call louder, get his attention. And so they start, they, they don't like that. So they get worked up and they start cutting themselves. They're dancing around. They're holding spears. They start cutting themselves. They're bleeding all over. And he never answers in spite of all they do. Elijah, he gets up. He, did, he sets up his sacrifice and he says a prayer. And God sends down fire that consumes his offering. And, it, and it's, he doesn't do any of that junk. He just prays. And, and God answers his prayer because our God is not like those. He is not a distant, uncaring God. He is our Father, right? What does he say? For your Father knows what you need before you ask him. He already knows what you want. He's waiting for you to ask. Parents, do you understand that? It's like, it's like oh, yeah, kids, learn that. <laughs> Doesn't mean you can ask for that car and you'll get it, <laughs> right? Especially depending on the car that you ask for. Uh, but... but uh, your parents want to, your parents actually love you. You know, they're ruining my life. No, they're not. May feel like it. They want to give you what you need. It's what they want to do. You just don't need to go through all that rigmarole. It doesn't help. If anything, it hinders, right? If, if you start talking to God as if you're applying for a grant, anybody here ever applied for a grant? How much do you like that? You go, you got to go through all the right steps and fill out all the right forms and use all the right language and get all the right references and, and send it in. 
and then if you're lucky, they'll send you back more forms. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it was. Uh, I hate. I I I wrote for a grant once. We we get grants because I'm the treasurer at Care and Share. We get grants, but they're kind of like automatic things. Someone did the paperwork a long time ago. I've tried writing for other grants, and I have decided I will not. You know, why will I put myself through that uh, when it doesn't get me? Because I don't know how to. I don't know the right magic words, right? It, it's painful. Don't talk to God as if you're writing for a grant and you say everything right and do all the right buttons and go through the right motions. He's going to answer. That gets in the way of going to. At that point, you're not going to him as a father who loves you. At that point, instead of focusing on the God you are praying for, you're focusing on the quality of your own prayer. Right? And I'm not saying don't try to pray better. That's the whole point of this. Try to pray better. But, but recognize it's not the quality of your prayer. It's the God who answers prayer that matters. Uh, speak to him as if you're actually speaking to somebody and tell him what you want. Jesus is saying to throw out all the ritual and the mumbo, jumbo, and endless, repetitive, meaningless words and just ask him what you want to ask him. Make, take those meaningless prayers, toss them out, and leave what's meaningful. Funny thing is, is you can spend just as much time in prayer, but you're praying for a lot more things, <laughs> getting a lot more accomplished. Okay, so if you've been listening to this this morning and you feel pretty good, congratulations. If you've been listening and you feel, oh no, <laughs> my prayer life is full of meaningless stuff. Uh, you, know, it's, it's, you know, what's the great movement of today? Simplify. Simplify, throw away the extra stuff. Throw away the extra stuff. Don't try to get it perfect, by the way, because the, the perfect is the enemy of the good, right? And if you're busy trying to get it perfect, you're only going to be focused on the quality of your prayer, <laughs> which is exactly what you're trying not to do, right? Don't get focused. Don't be focused on praying well enough. Be focused on praying simply enough in a straightforward manner. Uh, if you, if you haven't felt good about it, just simplify. Uh, just talk to God. Tell him what you want to tell him because he actually wants you to ask. Okay, let's close in prayer. <laughs> Hold on. Now, am I intimidated? <laughs> <laughs> Dear Father God, O Holy Lord, Father, Holy God in heaven, Lord. <laughs> Father, I ask, that you, <laughs> I ask that you touch our hearts in our prayers to realize how much you are listening to our prayers. That you know what we want and you want to ask. Let us be honest and simple and straightforward. Let us speak to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.